0: section 1 of the national geographic magazine volume 9 august 1898 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by larry wilson papagueria by wj mcgee bureau of american ethnology part 1 following a custom which became well established in the days of mexican colonization the priestly pioneers called the arid region beyond the sierra madre mountains Papagüeria, that is the land of the papago from the tribe of indians native to the country and in the time of the tribesmen and after them the american and mexican settlers on their border adopted the designation the district lies south of the gila river and southwest of the sierra madre in what is now arizona and sonora and is bounded on the southwest by the gulf of california and on the south by the ill-defined district known as seriland it is some two hundred miles wide in the north narrowing somewhat southward and over three hundred miles in length from north-northwest to south-southeast the area reaching over fifty thousand square miles or about that of new york or iowa the larger part of the district lies in mexico in the state of sonora though the greater part of the aboriginal population is gathered in the northern portion within the territory of arizona the papago Indians papaf in their own language footnote their proper name in their own language is Awatam men or people while the name by which they were known to neighboring tribes of their own and other linguistic stocks is that of a legume cultivated and consumed by them in prehistoric times and later this in the peman dialects is called puff in the singular pa puff in the plural so that the literal designation of the tribe may be rendered beans since the same term is applied to the field in which the legumes are grown the term might be considered to mean bean patch but in reality it means bean people the second element being understood this alien designation was apparently used by the tribe in their own dealings with their neighbors and so came into use among the spanish priests and settlers and in time the mexican users of the term lost the soft final and then emphasized the terminal vowel and when they came to write it strengthened the vowel sound still further by introducing the semi-silent but sub guttural g of the andalusian this orthography has been adopted by americans and the pronunciation modified to fit though the local mexican pronunciation is hardly distinguishable from that of the indians themselves End footnote. our indistinctiveness and persistence of characters if not in population the leading branch of the piman stock or linguistic family according to several authorities the piman is related to the Nuatalan of mexico the great and highly advanced stock of the montezumas besides the papago the piman group includes the pima tribe of southwestern arizona the opata of the border and four or five tribes altogether in mexico the opata have been assimilated by the mexicans and the pima indians are largely gathered on reservations the papago remain distinct and while a smaller number are domiciled on the reservation at san xavier near tucson the greater part of the tribe retain their independence and essential autonomy the papago population within the limits of the united states in eighteen fifty was 5163 according to the census of that year these figures were based largely on estimates the population estimate for the entire tribe made during the exploration by the bureau of american ethnology in 1894 and 1895 was four thousand of whom ten to forty percent according to the season are in mexico papagaria is perhaps the most arid region on the continent the surface slopes southwestward from the imposing Sierra Madre with its subordinate ranges and is relieved by many lesser ranges, generally trending parallel to the main chain. As the vapor laden air drifts from the Pacific and the Gulf over the sun parched land, it is heated to dryness. But about midsummer and again about midwinter, the air is chilled again as it drifts over main or minor crests, and fierce storms occur in the mountains and occasionally sweep into the plains the annual precipitation along the margin of the sierra is recorded at fifteen inches and in the higher portions it probably reaches twenty inches but it quickly diminishes westward to ten inches to five inches then to a trifling or unmeasurable amount representing the product of local storms perhaps separated by intervals of years the average rainfall through papagaria probably falling short of five inches thus the greater part of the district is practically a desert although as in most other american deserts vegetal and animal life maintains a feeble existence the high sierra is scantily clothed with pines and at lower levels gnarled scrubby and thorny oaks and chaparral thickets occur sparingly in the valleys the deep-rooted mesquite dots the surface in similitude of scattered and ill-kept orchards or gathers with a dozen other trees in scraggy forests along permanent waterways while monstrous bizarre cacti haunt the foothills and the lower slopes and scattered grass blades faintly tinge the acres intervening between cacti and mesquites the plant forms abound in pulpy structures and impervious rinds for conserving moisture even more than in thorns and other protective devices for in this hard region the struggle for existence is not so much between organism and organism as between organism and environment and the organisms persist less by the multiplication of progeny than by the prolongation of individual life animal life in insect reptile bird and mammal occurs in much the same proportion to vegetal life as in humid regions but is more largely nocturnal and crepuscular ants of many kinds including the ingenious and successful farmer ant wasps flies and other insects follow the sparse flora gaudy and swift f's as well as sombre and sluggish lizards accompany the insects while ground squirrels and field mice contribute a quota of vitality in the more humid valleys and on the mountain sides moisture by drainage from above rabbits quail deer and other herbivorous and graminivorous things collect in limited numbers while serpents find subsistence in the more fertile spots and over the hills valleys and plains on which lower life prevails the coyote on the land and hawks owls and eagles in the air are not wanting for it is only in the western part of Papagüeria, where the rainfall is trifling that life is unable to hold its own yet as among plants the struggle of animal life against inorganic nature and alien organisms is severe and an exceptional number of the animate things are armed with mandibles stings fangs talons poison glands and other protective devices the distribution of life conforms to the distribution of water it is most abundant over the rugged summits and rocky slopes of the high sierra as well as along the gulches and gorges barrancas of the local vernacular of the foot slopes and the broad sand-washes or arroyas of the narrower valleys it is less abundant on the foothills and over the lower ranges where the storms are feebler and rarer it is still more meagre over the broad intermontane valleys constituting the greater part of papaguerilla but it is only in the western portion of the district where clouds rarely gather and whither streams never flow that the shifting sands and black burned scoria of dead volcanoes the Malpais of the mexicans are utterly barren the distribution of water in papaguerilla is correlated with the configuration of the surface as the vapor-charged air drifts up the long slope of the base of the sierra and up the steeper slope toward the crest a part of the vapor distils as dew or falls as rain while the lesser rangers lying athwart the long slope extract a part of the boon. so there are storm-fed streams in all the higher mountains rushing torrents in the lofty sierra slender streams in the lower ranges and a part of the flood soaks into the thirsty soil to form ground-water which may reappear as springs toward the mountain bases or in the narrow upland valleys during the midsummer storms and still more during those of midwinter the mountain-born floods stretch far into the plains cutting channels broad and deep as those of the connecticut susquehanna and savannah which for eight or ten or eleven months of the year are naught but wastes of burning sand the typical drainage system of papagaria during the wet season is a long series of nearly parallel mountain torrents flowing down the side of the range in deep gorges joining in part in the foothills and finally uniting in the adjacent plain as vast sheet-floods miles in width and inches in depth flowing swiftly and boldly adown or the broad valley toward the sea to finally gather in great rivers yet throughout the whole district these broad streams are quickly swallowed by the sands or consumed by the blistering air and from the gila to the yaqui five hundred miles away no river of papagaria has reached the sea during the memory of men as the dry season approaches the rivers are cut off in their lower reaches mile by mile and as they shrink toward their sources the drainage systems contract and most disappear leaving a few slender streamlets in the deeper gorges each heading in a spring or seepage basin and rippling freely over the sands a few rods or miles before fading in the sun. And so delicate is the adjustment of climate and earth water that the streams stretch by night and shrink by day, sometimes for miles. A few streams heading in the high sierra indeed flow for scores of miles, but these have mainly been taken by other peoples and hardly appertain to Papagaria. There are other streams which during the dry season are practically subterranean and only to be found in storm-cut tinahas or reached by digging and all the way from the high sierra toward the gulf over the lessening mountains and toward the broadening plains earth-water on the surface or at depths grows scantier and scantier until it is gone this characteristic water-flow has reacted on the topography during the ones of geological history and has developed a configuration no less distinctive than the drainage systems to the traveller by rail along the northern border of Papagueria, the region seems one of remarkably rugged and irregular mountain ranges buttes picachos and precipice walled mesas for the jagged mountains are always in sight and the clear air brings them close to the eye at first the traveller in the saddle sees the region in similar light the exceeding ruggedness of the mountains giving them undue prominence but after spending days in traversing the intermontane plains and hours in crossing or circumscribing ranges and mesas for a month or two he learns to see the land-forms in true proportion and finds that only a fifth or a tenth of the surface is mountains and four-fifths or nine-tenths plain or valley so smooth as easily to be traversed by pack-animals and for the most part by wheels so rugged are the mountains and so smooth the plains that the region has been likened by a careful observer to a series of great ranges buried to their ears in alluvial deposits yet more thoughtful study shows that half the area of the plains is smoothly planed rock similar to that of the mountains the planing being the work of the sheet floods into which the freshet waters gather in general the plains incline toward the great trough half filled with the waters of the california gulf and on crossing the northwesterly southwesterly trending ranges Toward the Gulf, each intermontane plain is found to lie lower than the last down to the tide swept shore. This inclination is a part of that southwestward tilting which accompanied the uplifting of the Great Plateau region and the birth of the Colorado Canyon. In arid papagueria, where the work of the feeble streams is long drawn out, it has resulted in a regressive erosion whereby the streams flowing southward and westward have cut far into and often through the ranges in which the waters gather pushing the divides into the plains beyond the habitability of the papageria is largely due to this fact for it is only in the narrow gorges cut into and through the ranges by regressive stream-work that the scant groundwater approaches the surface in springs or seepage from the sand-washes the papago indians primitive and present holders of this district are preeminently children of the desert so strongly adverse are the physical conditions of life that the struggles for existence among plants and animals is modified all striving against inorganic structure rather than against each other and this peculiar strife has led to a cooperation among unrelated organisms so complete that the district is segregated into a series of colonies in which grasses, trees, cacti, insects, reptiles, birds, and mammals dwell together in harmony and mutual helpfulness. It is in part through this system of cooperation or communality that life is enabled to exist throughout the region. Now, just as the lower organisms have become fitted to an adverse physical environment and adjusted to each other, so the Papago Indian has through the generations developed fitness to this desert habitat he has joined the general system of communality and lives in harmony with the desert flora and the desert fauna in a land so bitterly inhospitable that marauding apache pastoral mexican and gold-seeking american commonly pause on its borders the papago prefers to live where other peoples famish he is able to do so by reason of the remarkable adjustment of his habits his food and raiment his industries his social organization to a peculiar assemblage of conditions and thereby the tribe acquires a peculiar interest three and a half centuries ago spanish explorers came in contact with the papago indians and over two centuries ago established missions among them especially in the eastern and better watered portion of their territory with hardly an exception the invaders found the tribesmen fearless and dignified yet kindly and hospitable and this character has been maintained until the present time the papago chiefs met the spanish as peers and interchanged courtesies and commodities yet the exchange went on with a certain reserve through the exchange the papago acquired burros horses goats and kine sheep and dogs as well as a number of garden and field plants and a variety of agricultural arts they also adopted gradually the costume of civilization and apparently by reason of certain similarities perhaps superficial in the ceremonials they viewed favorably and in some measure adopted the imported doctrines they also adopted albeit slowly and cautiously the adobe architecture with the architectural type previously borrowed by spain from the desert borderland south of the mediterranean in return they gave the spaniards temporary sustenance and were among those who enriched the civilized world by the gift of corn and other indigenous plants, including the legume which gave them name, and gradually a system of barter grew up under which the Spaniards acquired the means and arts of life in a desert region. The Papago meantime forgetting their arts of weaving, hand culture of the soil, and other operations rendered needless by their new acquisitions. Here the commerce ended. The Papago refused, save in exceptional cases, to attach themselves to the Spaniards' households refused to surrender their tribal autonomy refused to intermarry with the whites refused to countenance relations in which they would be subject to bondage or prevented from coming and going freely as the migratory bird and save for a partial and rather superficial assimilation of ceremonies and concepts they clove unto and still retain their primitive philosophy whether it be ascribed to peculiar environmental conditions or not the fact remains that the papago tribe is characterized by exceptional forces and stability of character for over three centuries they have been known among white men albeit a few only as peaceful yet brave hospitable yet independent amiable yet dignified and they have equally been noted as industrious and virtuous when attacked or in reprisal they have always gone forth to meet the apache even in greatly superior numbers and have protected their fatherland against all marauders they scorn control by alien races and are today known in mexico for their constant and consistent avoidance of peonage under which neighboring tribes were ground they have engaged in mining in desultory fashion at various times but have never been coaxed or coerced by alien capital and almost without exception they have maintained the purity of their blood despite the pressure of frontier life and conditions neighboring peoples including most of the kin tribes have been assimilated or modified but the greater portion of these people of the desert are still known as wild papago or roaming papago and their habits and modes of thought are little changed since the white man came while the papago indians have been notably stable during three centuries of contact with alien races there is reason for considering them descendants from a people of superior aboriginal culture. Throughout much of Papagaria, especially in Mexico, there are abundant relics of a prehistoric population and agriculture. The ruins, like the first settlements, are found in the moister localities, in the foothill gorges, and in the broader valleys, their distribution indicating that the prehistoric people pushed further into the valleys than the historical population. The prehistoric relics comprise ruined houses and villages, weathered to inconspicuous mounds, but known from occasional foundation remnants to have been constructed at least in part of a mixture of adobe and coarse pebbles, abundant fragments of pottery, finer in texture and decoration than that now made by the Papago, extensive acequias and other irrigation works, small corrals or stockyards containing reservoirs, dominating structures in each considerable village in the ruins of which the finest pottery is found and well-shaped and polished stone axes pestles mortars etc comparison of these vestiges with the works of the modern indians indicates that the prehistoric population was the more advanced in industries and much the larger in numbers the ancient agriculture particularly occupied a higher plane than that of the present for the prehistoric farmers constrained and restrained the running waters to the needs of their kind, while the modern Indians chase and seek the waters just as they chase game and seek wild fruits. By reason of the control of the waters, the fruitfulness of the valleys was undoubtedly multiplied, and large tracts of the desert must have blossomed and borne fruit at the behest and for the benefit of the primitive husbandman. The ancient acequias were much larger than the modern ditches e g in arivaca valley in southern arizona the main prehistoric acequia was raised so as to flood the entire bottomland was lined almost continuously with houses and was one hundred fifty feet wide while its modern representative introduced by caucasian skill is a simple ditch excavated below the surface and eight or ten feet wide the ancient villages are much more numerous and extensive than the modern indian mexican and american villages combined the great number of habitations might be ascribed to successive occupation and abandonment were it not for the testimony of the irrigation works for the old ditches were not only more extensive but were carried further up the sides of the valleys in such a manner as to permit the synchronous cultivation of larger areas than are now cultivated and in a manner moreover which would have been extravagant and useless unless a large population in each valley was dependent thereon the dominant structures in each village suggest a cult and social organization somewhat different from that of modern piman tribes whose villages are without council houses or temples the ancient structures corresponding in some measure with the casas grandes found in arizona chihuahua and elsewhere and with the ceremonial places of the pueblos in central and southern Papagaria, trincheras or entrenched mountains are occasionally found in and alongside the better-watered valleys in the vicinity of ruined villages these works are more or less inaccessible buttes or mesas whose precipices and slopes are extended and reinforced by artificial walls and loose-laid stones while on the easier slopes the walls are multiplied and bastioned in such manner as to convert the eminences when protected by a limited force into impregnable fortresses some of these places of refuge are without traces of permanent habitations or storehouses and also what is still more significant in this arid region without sources or reservoirs for water so that they could have been occupied only temporarily or interruptedly while elsewhere e g the great fortified buttes of san Rafael de in altar valley there are remains of permanent domiciles in brief the archaeology of papa Guerilla, indicates that during prehistoric times the foothills and valleys had a considerable agricultural population supported by means of a highly developed system of irrigation that this population was peaceful and highly organized socially and that through the development or invasion of predatory enemies the peaceful people were driven to seek refuge and later as irrigation works were destroyed were either annihilated or driven into the desert to enter into enforced communality with the meagre flora and fauna and find protection in the bitter inhospitality by which all human enemies were held at bay there is accordingly a strong probability that the modern papago indians are descended from the more cultured inhabitants of this purview of the land of the montezumas the modern papago is of medium or slightly below medium stature the women being apparently relatively larger than the men there is a tendency towards heaviness of feature Particularly among the more sedentary groups toward Gila River. With this exception, the features are more delicately molded and the expression more vivacious than among neighboring tribes. The men cut their hair rarely about the neck, commonly shingled more or less closely. The women allow their hair to grow long and frequently braid it or arrange it in pendant tresses. The color of their skin is somewhat variable, but of the usual coppery cast among the adults and more rarely among the children a blotched appearance is not uncommon and many faces are pitted by smallpox usually the body and extremities are rather slender but lithe and vigorous of late the men are addicted to intemperance in smoking and drinking most of them smoke cigarettes whenever they can be obtained and nearly all drink mescal, an alcoholic liquor distilled from the mescal or agave plant inordinately whenever opportunity offers e g during a stay of three days at Poso verde near the international boundary in sonora only two men were found not continuously intoxicated it seems certain that the natural features and probable that the stature and other physical characteristics of the men have been injured by this excessive use of narcotics and stimulants the women are largely free from these vices among both sexes the dignified hospitality and reserve noted by the spaniards three centuries ago persist papago etiquette demands an interval of affected unconsciousness of the presence of a visitor whether from neighboring village or strange lands so the visitor enters the village and rides to the very threshold of a leading tribesman without receiving other attention than furtive glances from the children he dismounts in the shade of the vato which takes the place of the porch or balcony of civilization and rolls his cigarette nonchalantly as in the desert in the course of five or ten minutes the head of the house for the time be it man or matron or maid addresses a casual remark to him at first the conversation is fitful but gradually the intervals of silence shorten the host or hostess turns attention from the occupation of hands or eyes toward the visitor and cordial relations are established if the visitor is an old friend the interval of ceremonious silence is shortened and is sometimes terminated by friendly greetings though commonly these are reserved for the parting if a white man of distinguished bearing a seat is placed or a mat spread for his use soon after his presence is recognized and a melon or some other article of food or a bowl of water is placed within his reach the visitor may extend a general invitation to the household or village to eat with him in his camp and may rest assured that howsoever slender his larder there will not be too many guests and will find moreover that even after they present themselves at the camp each guest must be personally invited once twice or three times the custom varying in different villages before he will be seated white visitors having no appearance of distinction are treated with less consideration and are usually expected to help themselves to water or food while the indians are correspondingly unceremonious in the visitors camp though almost without exception the courtesy of the indian exceeds that of his visitor throughout the tribe the man is the hunter the herder the chief laborer in the field the woman is the potter the water bearer the collector of easily accessible wild food supplies the children are vivacious and happy the boys playing with the riata or lasso with which they make miserable the lives of burros calves and dogs or with the bow and arrow while the girls play at household operations or troop away after mesquite beans and prickly pears many of the men are expert riders and ropers quickly subduing the most vivacious buckers among their broncos and almost invariably looping their riatas about the horns neck forefoot and hindfoot of stock at will at the first throw End of section one.